Welcome back to the Atta Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Kara Dennison. And if you don't know me, I'm an executive career coach, a Forbes contributor, a business coach, and the host of this podcast. And so before we get into the topic today, which is not your mama's career advice, I want to talk a little bit about the Girls Girls Retreat that we went on a couple of weeks ago. I haven't really talked about it on this podcast, but if you listen to our other podcasts in the Girls Girls Media Universe, you'll have heard Brittany and Meredith talking about it on the Girls Girls Podcast and Tracy talking about it on the Glow Girl Podcast. And I wanted to take a couple of weeks to let just some of the lessons that I learned really sink in from that retreat before I started talking about it. And if you listen to the Girls Girls podcast, Brittany and Meredith did a fantastic job breaking down all of the incredible speakers that we had there. And so did Tracy as well. We had some incredible sessions. I felt like we were learning, growing, getting to know people, and really collaborating the minute that we started that retreat. We had an incredible new moon ritual. We had a lot of incredible sessions. Uh, we had Aaron Wiley there, Brandy Willaris, um, Brittany and Meredith gave a session. I gave a session. Tracy gave a session. Uh, we had some incredible uh, lessons to be learned. But one of the things that I really wanted to talk about is the lessons that we learned outside of the sessions. Uh, a lot of the women prior to going, we had a secret Facebook group um, just to you know, help get us to know each other, help prepare. Uh, hey, are you bringing sunscreen? Cause I'm flying. Okay, great. That type of stuff. Right. Um, but one of the things that a lot of the women were saying is that they were very anxious about this type of trip, uh, for a lot of different reasons for myself alone was the fact that I've been really deeply quarantined for over two years now. Um, we moved to the middle of nowhere to really focus on investing in this business. So we were kind of quarantining before it was a thing. Uh, we don't even have any restaurants in our town. Uh, we live in a town of about 500 people. And so I didn't really realize how anxious I was of being around a whole bunch of people until I had to go to a funeral a couple of weeks before the retreat. And man, it was a, it was a new thing. I haven't been away from Jack um, since the beginning of our marriage. And so that was an anxiety producing thing. Um, a lot of the women were saying that they were nervous about, you know, being around women that we've interacted with online and over the internet, but not in person. Um, and how, how to react in that type of situation, especially after the pandemic and the lockdown. Um, but one thing that was so incredible with being in a retreat filled with amazing, incredible, badass women is that it was an incredible experience. All of us walked away as best friends, learning new things. And that weirdness, that anxiety dissipated for most of us that first day or the next day. And so it was just a reminder to me that we can do hard things. We can do hard things. And usually when we do hard things, that's how we grow. That's how we learn more about ourselves. That's how we learn how we grow, how we change, and what we might need in these different situations. And for me, myself, I realized I freaking love presenting to badass women. I love getting in front of people and teaching them 
actionable skills and things that they can use. That was amazing. I also learned that in big groups of amazing women with incredible personalities, I'm more of a person that likes to sit back and observe and see how people interact. I didn't think that was going to be me at all, but it was. And so I took a lot of different lessons away from that trip, mainly about how I interact in groups of people and what I want to do in order to change and grow for future situations like that. And so I just want to encourage you as we are opening up, as we are getting out of lockdown, as we're going back to the office, as we're seeing new people, as we're traveling, as we're doing new and scary things that weren't really on our radar for the last year and a half, it can be anxiety producing, it can be nerve wracking, and it can be stressful. But when we do things that we are nervous about, that are uncomfortable, that's how we grow. Because one, things I, one thing I tell my clients all the time is that when we're comfortable, that's how we're staying stagnant. It's how we're not growing. On the edge of uncomfortable is when we experience growth. It's when we learn new things. And so that's just a lesson that I've been taking back with me among a million other different incredible lessons that I learned. And so I want to ask you to do just a little gut check, a heart check, a head check with yourself. Where are you, where are you really comfortable? Where are you not growing? Where could you be just a little bit more uncomfortable so that you can go out and learn more things about yourself so that you can grow and you can change and you can become a better version of yourself? Because sometimes we like to stay comfortable in order to protect ourselves, but it does us a disservice. Uh, but anyway, so that is just a lesson that I learned. I had an absolutely fantastic time on the retreat. I cannot wait for Gatlinburg in February. I love Gatlinburg. I actually went there on my honeymoon. On my honeymoon, I am a huge, huge fan of Gatlinburg. So it's going to be. Uh, great to get into the mountains with a whole bunch of wonderful women. And then afterwards in 2022, I believe we're going to go to Salem. So if you're not in the Girls Girls community, make sure you're joining the community so that if you want to join incredible retreats, if you want to get out of your comfort zone and learn some incredible new things with some really badass women uh, and on these awesome retreats where we have food catered, oh my gosh, it was just so fun. Um, definitely join that community. It is Girls Girls Community on Facebook. All right, let's take a little break. And then we're going to talk about Not Your Mama's Career Advice, where I looked up some outdated career advice. And we're going to talk about why it's outdated and what I recommend instead. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. Are you feeling stuck in a job that no longer excites you? Sure, you have to work to pay the bills, but who said you had to be miserable every step of the way? If a global pandemic taught us anything, it's that life is too short to be spending a minimum of 40 hours at a place that makes you feel unhappy at best and unsafe at worst. Collectively, we're entering a new chapter where work-life integration is the norm, working in a flexible environment is desired, and where we want to make an impact while we grow and advance in our careers. 
If you've been feeling like it's time to make a change, Optimize Career Solutions is here to help. Whether you're looking for your next corporate job or you're looking for advice on how to start or grow your business, we've got you covered. At Optimize Career Solutions, we provide you the support and tools you need to succeed on a path that's ideal and fulfilling for you. With all levels of support, we are here to help. We offer resume and LinkedIn optimizations, group mentorship, and our six-figure Career Boost Unlimited coaching program with unlimited one-on-one and group support until you land your offer if you're looking for your next corporate job. And now for the side hustlers and entrepreneurs out there, we're offering business consulting on a one-on-one basis with yours truly. Get actionable strategies customized to your business designed to help you scale, grow, or start. Schedule your free consultation with us to learn more about how making a change in your career is even more exciting when you have a team of experts on your side. Talk directly with myself or my husband, Jack, our accountability and mindset coach now so that we can see how we can support you by going to schedule.optimizedcareersolutions.com. Let us give you back control in your career. Your free consultation is just a couple clicks away at schedule dot optimized career solutions.com. And Hey, if you're a woman, join us on Facebook and our free network called the optimized career women's network designed for both professionals and entrepreneurs to gain new skills, network and support each other. It's just facebook.com slash groups slash optimized women's network on Facebook. We'd love to have you there. In this episode of Not Your Mama's Career Advice. And listen, this doesn't have to be just a one-off episode. I would love to hear either shoot me an email at teamadagirl at gmail.com or comment on one of our uh, social media pages, either Facebook at a girl podcast on Facebook or on Instagram at a girl underscore podcast, some outdated career advice that either some older generations are still trying to pass off to you. If you're maybe in a job search or you're asking for some advice that you just don't feel is relevant anymore. Um, because I'm happy to do another one of these episodes with some of the career advice that you've been hearing and what I recommend instead, especially nowadays, as we're entering a new chapter of post-pandemic careers, corporate life, job markets, things like that as well. So um, I did a little bit of research of outdated career advice. um, And this one is specifically more geared towards the job search and really what I recommend instead. So hopefully you guys enjoy it, but let's go ahead and get started. The first one is Your resume needs to be one page. Who here has had that advice been told to them time and time again? You have to have a one-page resume. We see this time and time again with our clients. Either they try and shove everything into one page or the opposite is true where we see resumes that are multiple, multiple pages long. And it's like, oh my gosh, am I reading a novella here? Here's the truth about the length of your resume. Your resume can be one page long, but one page resumes are very indicative of entry level or early career. So if you only really have about five years of experience, absolutely. A one page resume is perfect for you. But if you are about mid career or longer in your career advanced, 
definitely you need to have two-page resumes because you don't want to be disqualified from an interview by immediately being judged as too entry level by having a one-page career. So, or one-page resume rather. So make sure that your resume is two pages if you are mid to advanced in your career, but don't make it longer than that because no one is going to be reading a longer resume. And in fact, recruiters on average studies are showing and have shown that recruiters only scan your resume for six seconds. So don't disqualify yourself by having a too lengthy or too short resume. Two pages will do it. Speaking of resumes, the next one is include an objective on your resume. Here's the truth about objectives. They never get read. Here's the truth about paragraphs on your resumes. They never get read. Remember that six-second scan that recruiters do? Well, hiring managers, they tend to scan resumes for only about 10 seconds, a little bit more generous, but still not that much longer. So here's the truth. Paragraphs do not get read on your resume. That's why when we create resumes, we really try and keep everything bullet pointed. Um, and what's more important than an objective is more of a career summary or an executive summary. And what we put in our career and executive summaries are your most impressive achievement bullet points that relate to the types of jobs that you're going after. So make sure you tease your audience, recruiters and hiring managers with your most impressive stuff. Put that up top and no one cares what your objective is. Your objective typically is to find a job. People know that just by the fact that you have a resume. So skip the objective and instead make it more impactful with a career summary or an executive summary. Speaking of job searching, another great outdated piece of advice is summer and holidays are terrible times to look for jobs. Here's the truth. While some industries might have freezes in the summer and holidays uh, for hiring, most companies do not. If there is a critical need, people don't save quitting their jobs for uh, winter and spring and fall and non-holiday times. They quit at all different times. So if there's a critical hire that needs to be done, you bet your bottom dollar that they are going to be hiring no matter what time of year it is. The other good news is that because people are still taking this terrible advice, most of your competition is slowing down their job search. So summer is actually a great time to start a job search because most people tend to have more time to speak to you for networking calls. Your competition is slow in their role, so you get to be the first one in. And if they don't have a key critical position to fill, when they do have one, you're the first one in mind because you've been hitting that networking game strong. Now, here's the downside to summer and holiday uh, job searching is sometimes it's harder to get a hold of decision makers and hiring managers for networking. They might be on vacation. They might be having summer Fridays. So what's the key? What's my advice? The key is in the follow-up. I'm going to say this no matter what time of year it is. If you reach out to a decision maker once on LinkedIn and you say, hey, I see you have an open position. I'd love to have a couple of minutes to connect with you. Uh, here's a little bit about myself, and it's really powerful, powerful, impactful. It has some achievements and metrics in that first initial message, but you only send it once. 
what's the likelihood, even if you have a stellar message that this person's going to want to be like, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you my time because I'm super, super busy. That likelihood is really low because again, they are super busy. Decision makers, they're running teams, they're managing budgets. They've got a lot of stuff going on on their plate. So the magic is on in the follow-up, especially in the summer. And a lot of times clients and other professionals that I've spoken with, they say, you know, I reached out to everyone and I always ask, what was your follow-up? How many times have you followed up? So I always recommend following up every two to three days for a total of six follow-up time touch points within two to three weeks. That's a good rule of thumb for anyone. As long as you are being professional and creative in your follow-up. Okay. Let's see what other outdated uh, career advice we've gotten. A handwritten thank you card is always a good idea. Okay. So this sounds like a good piece of advice, but here's why it's actually not a good piece of advice is that how long does it take for a handwritten letter to get anywhere these days? Unless you're on Amazon Prime, it's not getting there for a couple of days. I always recommend to ensure that you are having that next and final touch point with a thank you number, uh, thank you note within 24 hours of your interview. So if you can hand deliver a handwritten thank you note, sure. But nowadays with technology and remote work and I don't know, a global pandemic, that seems to be a little bit unrealistic. So I always recommend sending a thank you note via email. If you don't have their email address, connect with them on LinkedIn and send a note with your connection request. Now with a note in the connection request on LinkedIn, you only have 300 characters. So you gotta be a little creative, but having a thank you note is a must. And you would be surprised at how many people don't do that. So set yourself apart. Another one says, lock down your social media profiles completely. Okay, so this one's interesting. When it comes to your social media profiles, um, there are a lot of different schools of thoughts, right? So what I recommend instead of locking down your social media profiles completely is, especially if you haven't taken a look, this is a good this is my reminder to you is just take a look at your social media profile, especially when it comes to like Facebook, you can click that view as and view as the public, see what's being shown out there. Because sometimes we forget that some of our posts go public and some of our posts are not just for friends only. So just take a look at what you're publicly putting out there. But more importantly than locking down some things that maybe you don't want a future boss to see or uh, a future client to see. Instead, start curating a brand for yourself. Curate and post things that you would be excited for people to see, and especially on LinkedIn. Did you know that on LinkedIn, that only 2% of users contribute to 98% of the content being contributed to LinkedIn? That means that if you just show up consistently, and it doesn't even have to be that great of content, but if you just show up consistently on LinkedIn, you can be seen as an industry leader very, very easily. LinkedIn is at that stage with its algorithm that Facebook was was at like 10, 15 years ago. So you can really, really blow up as an influencer just by being consistent. But same with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. 
Start creating a brand for yourself that you would be proud of and that showcases your value and your impact and your personal life. You're a human. People want to hire humans. Now, I will say a lot of recruiters and hiring managers, they're not going to really be checking out a whole bunch of your profiles, but on the off chance that uh, someone does, make sure that you are showcasing who you want uh, to be seen as on your social media profiles, but especially your LinkedIn. Your LinkedIn is a huge, huge tool that not a lot of people are taking advantage of. And those that are, they are getting a step ahead of their, your competition because hiring managers are on LinkedIn. Another outdated piece of advice is hide your weaknesses or disguise them as strengths. So in an interview, what are your greatest weaknesses? So a lot of times outdated advice would be, well, instead of telling you your weakness, let me tell you my strengths, or let me try and convert them into a strength, right? Here's why that no longer works is people can see right through that crap. (laughs) And people don't like when you don't answer the question. So here's what I recommend instead. If people ask what your weakness is, be honest about a weakness, but not your greatest weakness just a weakness that is a smaller weakness and how you're overcoming that. So a really good example uh, to answer this weakness question might be something along the lines of maybe time management or prioritization, but showcase how you've overcome that. So for instance, yeah, great. One of my weaknesses uh, used to be really managing my time. I realized that I worked best Uh, when I was close to the deadline, but that is not always conducive because things can pop up. And so what I've done is I really took a class in time management and I've implemented time blocking so that I can really focus my time on the projects that I have on hand and so that I can make sure that I have enough time in case emergencies come up or other priorities come up. So this was something that I really, really struggled with. And at times it can creep in if other priorities come in, but I know now that prioritization and time blocking is something that works really well for me. And I implement that in my current job and I'm going to be implementing that in this job as well. Let me ask you, um, what are some of the the priorities or projects that this role might be um, taking on so that I can ensure that I'm time blocking and prioritizing it effectively, right? So that might be one way where you showcase a weakness that you had and how you overcame it or a weakness that you currently have and how you are actively overcoming it. People don't necessarily want to know what your actual weaknesses are. They want to know how you're overcoming them and how you're being emotionally intelligent to overcome them. Okay, this is a great one as well. Be clever and memorable in interviews. So a lot of times, I think this was advice from either a few years ago or or earlier, maybe in the 90s, is people were really all about stand out in your interviews, be clever, be memorable, um, wear a chunky necklace. If you're in Mark, that was a, a piece of advice that I got from a college counselor is, oh, you're majoring marketing. Okay. So since you're in marketing, people want to see that you're creative. So wear a chunky necklace to all of your uh, interviews so that they see that you can be creative with, with the way you dress. I'm like, what the hell are you talking what hiring managers want to see is they want to see your results. 
They want to be able to know that you can handle the job and that you can drive forward results. And the best way to be able to do that is to use storytelling and to be able to answer interview questions effectively and to ask the right questions in the interview as well. By being able to really dive in and have an effective interview where you're also interviewing the decision maker, the hiring manager, and getting to really know what their pain points are, what their challenges are, and to be able to accurately showcase how you're going to be able to solve those pain points, those challenges, and how you've done that in the past. That's what makes you memorable. By trying to be clever, by trying to do some sort of trick or some other weird, kitschy way, it doesn't showcase how you can actually do the job or how you can be memorable in the role. It just showcases that you can have a gimmick and that's not going to get you too far in life. The final one, or actually I'm going to have to do two more. One is don't job hop. Nowadays, back in the day, actually, they used the the goal of a career would be to stay somewhere for 20 years, get a watch at your retirement and cash in on that pension. But that is no longer the case. And in fact, it can actually hold you back in your career the longer that you stay in a job. Now, what I mean by that is of course, you can stay in a job for as long as you need in order to make sure that you are still growing professionally and personally. But as soon as you're not growing, it's time to move on. And a lot of times people stay because they're comfortable, like what we talked about at the beginning. But the problem is, is that if you stay in a job, most of the time your raises are only going to be that cost of living raise or that incremental raise. And you're not getting the big raises that people get when they do hop jobs. On average, people tend to get between 10 to 30% increases in their salaries when they hop to another company. Now, that's a lot more than that incremental 2 to 5% that you're getting every year, right? So what I would highly recommend is that for a path of success, if you are getting promoted in your current company every two to three to four to five years, great, you're showing um, progress. But if you are not getting that progress, if you're not growing, it's definitely time to hop to another company. And that's more the norm. It's how you gain more skills. It's how you learn to interact with other people um, and learn different collaboration across different industries, across different company cultures and things like that as well. Where job hopping gets you in trouble is when you job hop too soon. So I would say every couple of months, a good average average tenure is two to three years, right? So maybe you're in a place for five years, maybe you're in a place for one year, maybe you're in a place for three years. That's a good average tenure, right? If you hop every few months, that's not a good average tenure. And if you hop where it doesn't make sense. Like if you're an engineer in one place and then you go into customer service and then you go into sales and then you go into, you know, research, whatever, right? That doesn't show a clear line of progression. If you do hop where it makes a little bit more sense, it's not going to become a warning to a recruiter or a hiring manager. And finally, my last outdated piece of advice is never saying no. Here I am going to give you permission to say no. I want you to do it in a professional way, though. Saying no just to say no or just to be stubborn or any sort of situation uh, to a boss, that's probably not going to serve you well. But when it comes to them maybe putting more stuff on your plate that you can handle, there's ways to professionally say no and 
move forward in your career. So maybe that if in this example where a boss is putting something more on your plate and you just can't handle it, it might look like, hey, I'm absolutely willing to take that on. Can you help me reprioritize what else is on my plate? Because I'm not going to be able to take care of everything else if I'm taking on this new project. When it comes to job offers, it's okay to say no. I always ask my clients before we get into talking about negotiation, hey, how does this job, regardless of money, feel in your gut, in your heart, and in your head? How do we feel about the team, the leader that you're going to be working for? You are in control of your career. And I want you to remember that it's okay to say no. It's just learning about how to say it the right way. So that is my outdated piece of advice. Um, or a couple pieces of advices that I found online. And I wanted to share with you and ways that, you know, in the new era, what I actually recommend. I'd love to hear from you. What are some other pieces of advice for your career or for your job search that you've been hearing either recently or growing up that you'd love to hear my take on? Um, I'd love to do another uh, episode of this. So leave a comment either on Instagram Instagram is at a girl underscore podcast or on Facebook, which is just at a girl podcast. Um, and I'd love to kind of hear what other outdated career advice you've been hearing. And I just want to thank you for checking out this week's episode of the at a girl podcast. Um, this episode of at a girl has been a girls, girls media broadcast. Make sure to check out the rest of the podcast in the girls, girls media universe. In case you didn't know, we have a podcast for you almost every day of the week. I'm starting out your week with tips on how to live your best life every Monday with the Attical Podcast. Tracy White is bringing you her incredible astrological and woo wisdom every Wednesday. And hang out with Brittany and Meredith on Thursdays for the ultimate slumber party where you'll be sure to laugh and learn a thing or two. And test your trivia knowledge on Fridays with the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Also, join all of your favorite Girls Girls Media hosts every day of the week in our absolutely free group on Facebook, the Girls Girls Community. Thanks for hanging out with me. Make today the best day ever and have an amazing week. See you next Monday.